Yeah. Who was that a gift from? Is that a Michael gift? It's a Michael gift. It's Die Sex Musketeere. Sick. The the Sex Musketeers. Yeah, I, I figured that one out. <laughs> <laughs> but it's one of those puns that I think because English is a Germanic language, usually other language puns don't translate, but it's like the Six Musketeer because Zex is six, so it's six musketeers and sex musketeers it's oh, the same they, they, pun they in sound. english as it is in german but there's only fucking three of them guys yeah i read that book there's four yeah yeah well d'artagnan is the fourth one yeah why is it called the three musketeers then? because he's it starts it. off with the three and d'artagnan is a younger one and he really wants to join them and it's a whole thing it's also like from his point of view and he joins these three musketeers Relu- reluctantly they let him join is he like a little hanger-on, like like a Robin-type character from Batman Forever? More like from Batman the TV series. Okay, so he's like a snot-nosed kid. Did you know that Burt Ward, that's the guy who played yeah. Robin, mm-hmm. when they were making television in like the 60s, uh, the, the Green Hornet with Bruce Lee was on, and Burt Ward would go on about how he knew real karate and how Bruce Lee was just this like pretender. To the point where, like, Bruce Lee was, like, ready to meet up with him and fight him. (laughs) And there was a... Take it to the parking lot. (laughs) There was a Green Hornet Batman crossover episode, and Burt Ward would not come out of his trailer unless, like, there were people around him to keep Bruce Lee away from him. Wow. Like, Burt Ward was talking shit on Bruce Lee. He should have gotten his ass kicked. He definitely should have. Burt Ward. Burt Ward, yeah, because he knew karate. Yeah. Burt Ward is just, like... The poor man's Eddie Munster. Like, what the fuck was he thinking? I mean, you know who's been talking shit on Bruce Lee recently? Who? Tarantino. Quentin Tarantino? I, f- I feel like Bruce Lee brings out this thing in white dudes where they feel like they have to be like, oh, I know the real kung fu. This guy's just posturing. Blah. No, He's I'm, not that tough. I'm totally 100% pro Bruce Lee. Yeah. Yeah. I think he was a fucking massive fucking dildo, but I think he's cool as shit. I mean, so is every famous person. I love massive fucking And also, add the fact you're famous, also you could probably kill everybody in the room. You know, you'll get a bit cocky. Yeah, well, who who couldn't he kill? He couldn't kill like a couple. (laughs) Tylenol. Yeah, Tylenol. (laughs) A couple fucking painkillers, dude. That's it. That's all it takes to take you down. Welcome to Twitch of the Death Nerve, a cult movie podcast that takes a deep dive into a different film each episode. Our wide-ranging discussions will touch on genre, culture, and the history of psychotronic cinema. I'm Charles. I'm Sam. I'm John. And today is a special day here. This is an, an episode that we talked about before we ever started doing this show, and I've been looking forward to it for months so I still think our podcast should be called the Anthony Wong Appreciation Society, <laughs> <laughs> which this episode will d- tell you what that means if you don't know what the fuck I'm talking about right now. Well, what the fuck are you talking about right now? Well, what we're all about to talk about is Herman Yao's glorious masterpiece, The Untold Story. In a sleepy port town in Macau, on the southeast coast of China... The gentle town folk are about to awake to an unimaginable horror. The local police are doing their best 
But who could have ever guessed the delicious secret? Okay, so this is according to the back of the Unearth Classics 2020 Blu-ray release of The Untold Story. In 1978 in Hong Kong, a grisly murder takes place. Eight years later, on a Macau beach, kids discover the severed hands of a fresh victim. A squadron of coarse, happy-go-lucky cops investigate, and suspicion falls on Wang Chi Hang, the new owner of the Eight Immortals restaurant, famous for its delicious pork buns. The hands belong to the missing mother of the restaurant's former owner, who has disappeared along with the rest of the family. Staff of the restaurant continue to go missing, but the police can't find any hard evidence that Wong is responsible. When he can't produce a bill of sale proving his purchase of the restaurant, Wong is arrested and the police try to torture him into a confession. Can they make him talk? And what was in those famous pork buns? This movie fucking rocks. This movie's so fucking good. We we live in a time where you can easily pick this up on a beautiful-looking Blu-ray. Yeah, I'm definitely, at some point in this episode, we have to really talk about just how great this fucking thing looks because no one's putting out Cat 3 movies like this. Well, um, that's the thing. I, I got asked a question recently about, you know, could I recommend a movie or a type of movie that's hard to find? And Cat 3 movies, they're slowly coming out on Blu-ray and being more available, but the majority of them you have to get through bootleg or torrent still. So it's incredible that Untold Story is on a Blu-ray and looks so good. And we talked about this on the Gates of Hell episode, but sometimes when movies are restored, especially movies with a lot of like gore effects... When they're restored for Blu-ray, you can see through the cracks a little bit, but in this fucking movie, it just makes it look so much better. It, like yeah. it, the effects are just—they're uh, finger licking good. <laughs> <laughs> Not to go there already, but how? So how did you find out about Cat Three movies? Or actually, first, what is a Cat Three movie? So Category Three is the equivalent of our nc-17 actually i think it's 18 in order in hong kong but i think there's category one which is like everybody category 2a and category 2b i love that there are a and b yeah (laughs) yeah i don't know why they just make four yeah i assume that it's like pg-13 and then like kind of you're like i think it's harder yeah right or you're like borderline r or or like i mean even r yeah Two B is like R or soft R, so you could still find some pretty sick category two B movies. Oh yeah, but then you have category three, which is like the adult only. It's like their X rating, I'd say, more so than NC seventeen. And what's kind of interesting about it, like the X rating, is that it's more than just a rating; it's almost a genre. Like I know, like X rated, like you have like Midnight Cowboy, and I think A Clockwork Orange was X rated. Yeah. yeah. But outside of that, like porno movies stole the X rating, and then when you say an X rated movie, you have a general idea what it is. Yeah, for sure. I-, I think that's that's very apt to call it a genre more so than it is a rating. Especially since, like, even though there's many different genres in within category theory you have triad movies you have horror films you have bdsm sex films they all seem to have that totally bonkers almost 
cartoonish yet vile and violent like yin and yang kind of flavor to them that yeah. make them feel otherworldly. It feels like each one is trying to push the envelope further. Right. To take it to the next sort of level. And I guess considering the very first ever official Cat 3 film, Men Behind the Sun, they had a pretty high bar to cover after that. Well, they did, but also... I think it's really interesting that certain 80s movies and definitely some Shaw Brothers films were umbrellaed into Category 3 and when they were released later or even just reclassed later, they were included in the category. So if, if you look up just the like general list of Category 3 movies, it can be a little confusing because you start to see some... I think is seating of a ghost category three. It's one of those ones that got like retconned as category three. Yeah, because category three started in nineteen eighty eight. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's been behind but the there's some right. earlier stuff in there, and some some stuff that, and I think this is why it's so confusing to explain to people at first because it is a rating, but it definitely feels like a genre, and there are these certain qualities that you can find in almost all of them like usually there's a crime plot of some kind there's and you know we should probably give this warning but there's a lot of sexual violence and I really like them I understand why people wouldn't but like John was saying there's this really kind of over-the-top otherworldly quality that I think makes some of the violence more entertaining for lack of a better word than like if you were to watch you know forced entry or something the thing that they do that's it's so nuts it's this tonal shift that happens throughout the movies and sometimes within the same scene where you'll be watching just like the most grueling sexual assault scene and then the very next scene when the cops are in there like checking it out they're all like laughing with each other and like throwing up and being like oh this is so gross and then like being so buffoonish and then the feeling it gives you when one second you're just like absolutely disgusted from what you had just seen and how brutal it was and then you're just like brought into some fucking Archie Bunker joking on the family fucking routine. It's nuts. But I think those are the best Category oh, 3 movies, sure. not all of them. And it took a very long time for me to get a taste for them. And I kind of owe that to you, John, because John would come over my house like every couple months and he would bring like eight movies with him. And we would, we would marathon movies together. And he started slipping in these like weird Hong Kong movies, and I was like, "What the fuck did we just watch?" And he's like, this one's called Rape Man. <laughs> I don't think that's an actually the title of one of them. But that was what we watched last time. Was yeah. it the Rapist or the Rapist? Yeah. So you're not far off. <laughs> and then as you know, the months went by, I started to realize that like half of the movies we were watching in these marathons were these Category Three films that I didn't have any kind of previous understanding for or like frame of reference to judge them and i would be like john can we mix it up a little bit and eventually we're just like watching these like gnarly fucking flicks for like eight hours in a row they always deliver they yeah. always deliver and then after i didn't see you for a few months i was like jonesing i was jonesing i needed my, <laughs> my cat three fix that's how it happens and i think so far the movies that we've talked about on this show are 
in some ways kind of like holy grail movies they're things that maybe we all and certainly other film fans heard about when you were younger and it was like oh what is this crazy shit i have to see it and for me at least some of the category three movies were on that list before i had any idea who these people were or what category three meant like Definitely Ebola Syndrome, which I think was my first Category 3 movie, and Untold Story because of Ebola. And they're both made by uh, director Herman Yao and our favorite person, Anthony Wong. Anthony Wong. Uh, He's so perfect. Him and Simon Yam are like the The, the greatest. Yeah, the, of, after um, the kings of the genre. Right, right. You... you know that if you got a, one of them in the movie, it has like a 95% chance of being fantastic. Yeah. When I was hunting for Cat 3 movies and I started to realize like who the actors were, I would just, I would type in Anthony Wong's name because I was an early <laughs> lover yeah. of the man. And, but I wouldn't know which movie was a category three or not, just judging from the poster. I mean, some of them were very helpful because they had that awful or that awesome triangle with the three in it such a cool fucking and it's it's great because it's a roman numeral three so even if you don't understand any britain chinese or you're like oh i know what that means yeah category three but when i was looking for new cat three movies i would find anthony wong on the cover and if if, if, if this is my favorite i know if anthony wong was was bone dry it was a police procedural crime triad flick. But if Anthony Wong was like soaking fucking wet, it was a Category 3 film. Oh, yeah, yeah. I that, can see that's a good way to... to it, yeah. But the same is true, I realized, of Simon Yam. When Simon Yam is like sweaty and wet and just like dripping, Category yeah. 3 movie. They're really fucking wet movies. Did they ever face off in a movie? Um, they do well. So I don't know if face off is quite the right word, but they're both in uh, Johnny Toes Exiled. No, and they're also in. Um, right now, Full Time Killer is in my brain, but that's that's not the movie. I'm th- the movie that we just watched. Oh, Full Contact. Full Contact. Oh, that's oh not, yeah. That's no. not Cat Three though. No, no but no, I mean, no. still, a it's very a wonderful violent. film. Yeah. Oh my God! Could you imagine the wonderful universe where there's like. Like two competing serial killers, Doctor well, Lamb versus Untold Story. But, yeah, that would that, be the American. That would be the thing. Freddy versus Jason. No, yeah. but that sort of exists in Underground Banker. Underground Banker has these serial killer characters who aren't played by Anthony Wong and Simon Yam, but they're supposed to be these like loose sort of tongue-in-cheek references. To Dr. Lamb and yeah. Untold Story. I remember. So good. The Underground Banker was the first one I watched that kind of like kicked me into the Cat 3 world. And it was like the perfect starter. You know, like now that I've watched more, there are ones I like more. But that one was like deranged humor, violence and gore. Everything was in there. And the fact that the the character based off of Dr. Lamb turned into one of the heroes where it's like oh yeah he's a serial killer he's going to be perfect to help me fight these gangsters and he just goes in there he's like yeah i like you as my neighbor i guess i'll murder people for you it's so great yeah i honestly love movies where the serial killer or or even not like a main serial killer but sort of like a side character winds up becoming the hero which 
yeah, means that I now have to bring up uh, Raped by an I Angel knew it. 4. I knew, were, I knew you, were, you were itching to bring this up. <laughs> as soon as humanly possible, Raped by an Angel 4, the Rapers Union. Yeah, they started a dang union, folks. They did. Uh, Anthony Wong shows up as a side character who is a serial offender named the human milk drinking doctor. Well, he's an ex-serial <laughs> offender. He's like... They call he's him the, reformed. He's reformed. They call him the granddaddy of all rapists. And he's kind of like this <laughs> Hannibal Lecter-esque character who... He's they, very polite. He's very polite. And they, they turn to him to find the rapist unions, to get in the head of the rapists. And he's like this, this human milk-drinking doctor. But he's reformed. He's reformed. And he does help them. He does, yeah. he's he's. <laughs> but actually, you know what? I should say, and this has nothing to do with Untold Story, where it is not really the case, but a lot of these Category 3 movies, we've, we've mentioned the sexual violence, we obviously talked about a movie that has rape in the title like five times. Raped by an Angel. The fact that there's a not just a movie called Raped by an Angel, but a franchise a called fran- Raped. Yeah, a a franchise, franchise of franchise. like seven movies, because yeah. there are technically two part fives, the, I yeah, think. Yeah, they, they couldn't agree on Wild. which one was the official five. The, that should tell you everything you need to know but, about Category but, 3. No, but the thing that I feel like was such a surprise to me is a lot of these movies have these female characters who are more than capable of defending themselves and sometimes they'll get help from male characters but usually they can take on the rapist or serial killer by themselves which almost never happens in American movies. Yeah, that's something that I think is kind of a staple of the Raped by an Angel series because they kind of play (laughs) off like rape revenge movies i mean that's where, what they are for sure where they they do get their kind of their their comeuppance as they as they go along but the untold story isn't quite like those this one no. almost to me feels okay this isn't exactly right so the first category three movie being men behind the sun was just this like really really brutal war crime like document that was made partly financed by the Chinese government. It wasn't even a Hong Kong film. And then when it came out, they basically said, we got to start a new rating for these movies. Because this is so intense. Yeah, and that just opened the door for all of these filmmakers who were like, oh, okay, so porn's been illegal. We haven't really gone like crazy insane with our violence. I mean, I mean, Shaw Brothers flicks can get pretty fucking violent. Yeah, they were pressing the envelope by they, the they definitely oh, for were. Sure. No Hong Kong Godfather it. has like that yes. giant mall knife fight war. Yeah, but after the Category Three label came out, everyone kind of scrambled to get their their films made, and that was kind of the golden era for these movies. And I think that of all of the ones that I've seen. Whether or not The Untold Story is my favorite, I think it's the best. I think it's the most effectively made. Like, it hits me every fucking time. Like, there's a few scenes that just, like, like are burnt in my mind. And then when they happen, when I'm rewatching it, it's it's still just as intense and shocking as, as the first time I saw it. Yeah, there's scenes that make me wince. Yeah. That's, you know, I'm pretty I mean, jaded at this point. How did they fucking... Yeah. Like, I mean, how are they financing these fucking movies? Like, how are they getting the money for this shit? Well, a lot of them, not all, but a lot of them were made by triads to launder money. And to go back... Like porn films in the U.S., yeah. for sure. Wow. And uh, Well, to... they weren't made by triads in the U.S., but they were yeah, made yeah, by, yeah, yeah. by the mob. And to, to go back about how, like, 
it's nice to see that the untold story has this like restored blu-ray that looks beautiful i think that's only because this movie was not only like a commercial success it was a critical success too yeah it won what's like the the equivalent of the hong kong oscars and like yeah. a Anthony chunk of Wong got best actor for well he deserved he absolutely <laughs> he totally deserved the, 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 the piss drinking scene especially Which i really want yeah there's five well there are five piss scenes <laughs> okay, but they're yes, not yeah, all yeah, piss yeah. drinking scenes you're right you're right just there's... one piss drinking scene my personal favorite though is the use of pissing on your own hand to wash off the blood when when he's like twenty feet from a sink, and and then it cuts immediately to him making food, yeah. like oh, with, <laughs> immediately with those same the hands. jump cut of just this yellow stream coming out of Anthony Wong's like crotch onto his bloodied hand, bam, right to dough. His but hands that's in dough. that's the thing with Untold Story in particular, and I I think I agree with what you're saying. Like this might be my favorite movie right now. It's it's just like of all time. At this moment, yeah, I think so. <gasps> wow. And some of it is the editing is just fucking brilliant. Like, I think Herman Yao is a great director, but it's the editing, the really, really tight editing that makes it so over-the-top amazing. But to John's point about how this was funded and this sort of, I guess we could call it a subgenre, was often funded by the triads, another thing that all these movies have in common is they make the cops out to be fucking terrible. Oh, yeah. Which Untold Story definitely does, but they're either ridiculous or lazy or corrupt. And And we're abusive. We're all. We're all of those things and super abusive, like uh, Dr. Lamb, another one of our favorites, and Untold Story both have these recurring scenes where a prisoner is just like ruthlessly beaten by the cops. And... In Untold Story, they sort of make a subplot out of it, like, well, we don't want to get in trouble for beating this guy, so we're going to send him to this prison where we know the prisoners will beat him for us. It's so fucked up. I mean, it seems obvious they were funded by the triads then. If if I don't think all of them, well, but I think... Well, no, yeah, I yeah. mean, there's millions of these movies, and that's why I don't think we're going to get that many that are going to look like uh untold story because a lot of these movies they were made and then they were just like thrown in the trash i know even like studio movies i know when uh, ringo lam made school on fire he did his uncut version then they made him cut for like a, a lesser rating and then when he went back to put the stuff in like two weeks later they had already thrown out all the other stuff in the trash like yeah, I think that's unfortunately common practice everywhere up until the last like 20 years. Right. Is, I mean, think of all the amazing like lower budget horror movies and even great TV shows yeah, where TV shows got they thrown just out. or they or they taped over it because yeah. they wanted the film. I know you'll never see like a nice master of flying guillotine that the negatives missing for that. You know, like even movies that like have like big cult followings. I think Shaw Brothers is the only one that like always kept their library pristine, which is incredible. But I do think that some have come out like um, Erotic Ghost Story just came out on Blue and it looks amazing. Horrible High Heels is getting one, which gives me oh, kind I of faith that. for anything. So Horrible High Heels is is like, <laughs> oh my god, it's the most fucking like 
country bumpkin, low budget made cat yeah, free movie. It's like a bunch of fucking kids in some fucking town wanted to be legends. It's not one of the best. It's not even near any of the greatest cat three movies. But there's a there's a brutal scene with a swan that oh I God. can't get out of my head to this day. I remember watching it with Charles and halfway through I was like am I on too many drugs to follow this plot so I messaged John (laughs) I was like did I miss a crucial scene and he was like no it's just how it is it's it's insane I remember we watched it at like 2 a.m and we were just like drunk and drugged up and just barely cruising by and then that scene happens and we both just like, like got ah! out of our seats and are like what the fuck is going yeah. on a lot of them have <laughs> scenes where you just can't believe that the movie was made by humans and i don't know that that's necessarily true of untold story no it doesn't have a lot of those crazy left turns the way like horrible high heels or eternal evils of asia these movies get uh, accused of tonal whiplash a lot but to me that's part of the magic yeah that's what makes them great and i think the reason why untold story is i mean a lot of them are like this but untold story is it's a real ass movie it's and it's based on a real story it's based on real shit and I always kind of like when I when I first heard that about this, I was like, okay, yeah, fucking right, buddy. But I I also think that is maybe what makes it feel more and this sounds insane, but it feels more grounded than like raped by an angel or some of those rape revenge movies we're talking about, which seems so much more cartoonish because it is kind of a true crime thing. It it really is. I, I did a little bit of research on it and i'm sure john you did a lot more because that's definitely in your wheelhouse but it it seems like the movie kind of got most of the beats right like i gave him a few extra kills in like early on and no actually it's the opposite he's actually killed more people in real life than he does in the movie yeah and in the massacre scene i think it's only like seven or eight in real life it was ten so what? yeah, it's with the five kids yeah. and two parents, and then the Could you the, wa- the grandma comes along later. I I get I don't think they get too specific about. I know somebody comes along later, but I think there was more than five kids. Can you walk us through like the real murder uh, story or the it's the it's cl- kind of close to the movie where he. Uh, also, wait a minute. Spoilers. If you haven't seen Untold Story... What are you doing here? Yeah. What A, what are you doing here? But also we should say it, it does this interesting thing where it starts off where you know that he's killed someone, but you don't realize the full extent of his crimes until the end of the movie after he's been arrested and tortured and he's finally being goaded to confess... So it's not like it sort of starts off where you know this information. Like it takes a long time f- to get yeah to the point. Even though like you you know he's done some bad shit and he does a lot of bad shit throughout the movie, but the the like real kid yeah. decapitation so money shot happens at the end. That's something that's really effective about this and Dr. Lamb where you know they're bad characters, but the whole time they're being abused by the police and being abused by like everyone around them. Like, and Doctor Lamb it was like his family came in and were like beating the shit out of him for being a creepy guy, and so it gets you to kind of 
maybe not fully get on the side of the Anthony Wong or or Simon Yim characters, no. but it it em- makes you empathize with them a little bit and feel some of their pain. And then when they show you the like grand reveal of their major crimes, you're like, wow. Oh, I mean, you could be disgusted by these people and then be against police brutality at the same time. For sure. Oh, sure. And what makes it so great is... Most of the time, like we were saying, if it's with one of these kind of major actors, they're really charismatic. So you you love the actor and you're really drawn into the performance while at the same time thinking like this guy is so gross. Yeah. But I I mean, I'm sure the real guy yeah, can't the, be like Anthony yeah, tell us the, the, guy, the real guy, at least in the little like uh, sketch drawing, looks more like uh, Henry Silva than Anthony Wong. But <laughs> they both so have funny. those nerdy glasses. But uh, yeah, in real life, it was nine people. I, I don't know where the 10th one comes from, but it's 10 overall. But there's nine in that family. So that means two parents and seven kids. There could be like a grandma or somebody in there. But just like the movie, he dumps the, the limbs in the ocean and then they're found and people think that like it was like mainlanders coming over and they got eaten by sharks but the police were like no these cuts are too precise i guess if he did fuck up a little bit it would he would have gotten off they would have just assumed those sharks but anyway the whole like making pork buns out of human meat is only in the movie it's not in real life well it was uh, like an urban legend about the guy because like these murders were so gruesome they happened in i think like 1986 or something or 85 85 august 4th so we just passed by the the, the anniversary happy uh eight immortals restaurant massacre anniversary but yeah but, but like the the murders that took place were so intense that they like burn themselves into the public consciousness like a lot of people knew about these murders before the untold so it was a very like well it's big it's like a Dahmer story. type thing for sure yeah oh yeah yeah can you imagine getting killed with your friends in a place called eight immortals you know <laughs> like oh it's a good group of us we should be safe here <laughs> <laughs> that's like, I don't think it worked out that yeah. way. That's Although, a, in a sense, they I actually know yeah. they're not immortal because yeah. you I, mean, don't, I don't even think you find out what most of their names are in the movie. No, they're just kids. <laughs> oh uh, but yeah, there's but, there's a lot of violence against children in yeah, this film. That's and <laughs> everybody gets it: old people, children. Women, men, everybody. He was. You got. You got to give him credit for anything. He was equal, equal opportunity. opportunity. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And he just. Anthony Wong plays this character with just this like insane. Like he's not. He's like grotesque sometimes, nerdy sometimes. But he has this chip on his shoulder. Yeah, like he's fucking pissed yeah. about the world. Yeah, you know, and he's just like ready to kill at a moment's notice so one thing uh that the killer did all right so at the end spoilers uh anthony wong kills himself um in real life he did the same thing but he left a note saying he's not killing himself because of acceptance (laughs) of his crimes but his chronic asthma just kept bothering him to the point of suicide like he just wanted (laughs) everybody to know it's like i don't give a shit about what i did it's just this asthma it's just a fucking killer (laughs) which is pretty sick what a way to go aren't you coming in no my auntie wouldn't let Cancer my asthma. Sucks to your asthma. I mean, those scenes also, 
And that's a thing about this movie that I think is different from a lot of other Cat 3 movies is his treatment of himself and his violence towards himself is equally as jarring. Like the moments in the movie that make me still kind of squirm and cringe are not even the child murders or the rape scene. It's the chopsticks. Yeah, that doesn't bother me as much as I know it does you, but we'll we'll talk more about that in a minute. But the scenes where he tries to kill himself, the effects are done so well. And a lot of what's great about this movie is that it like it cuts away sometimes, but not in those. It's like it makes your like I think like you were saying during the Gates of Hell episode, it like it makes your teeth hurt yeah, because it feels right so real. Yes, me too. I'm just remembering it. Like the way he okay, so he like he slashes his wrists, but he's doing it on. He's gr- like, he's not slashing them. He's grinding them on, on a, trash a can, metal which is, trash can. On a, in and, real life, it was a trash can lid. Yeah, and this is like, like a dustpan or something, or yeah. like, like some kind of metal. But it's just. It's but just no, awful. he starts gnawing at his artery. No. Oh, oh, when they pull up, yeah. like, oh, what are you doing? He bites oh, that, his wrist that's yeah. already and then, slashed and just rips an. Oh. And this movie, it, it's it's timing of the of the squirt of blood is always like perfect it's, every time. Like you see him like chewing, and you see like almost like the vein in his oh. mouth. Yeah. And then squirt of blood splashes his face. But every when he's like massacring the kids, like there would be like a good blood squirt. Like everyone's just perfectly timed. I'm oddly glad that I saw this for the first time about a year ago, and not when I was like a teenager who was like a I was like a little gore hound. Like I love fucking zombie and shit, and I like liked gory movies, and I like always seeked them out. But I bet if I had seen this when I was a teenager. I probably would have questioned, like, what I was doing here. You know, I would have had my sit down moment, like, "Oh fuck!" Like, my life's taking a r- wrong I, turn, and now here like you are. <laughs> yeah, here I am. I I love this movie. It's great. I'm. I mean, despite how appalling some of the big scenes and set pieces are, like the chopstick scene, which we don't actually have to talk about. Yeah, but I think I feel like we should. I yeah, feel like something should. that we have to talk about is. And, you know, this is something that I really struggle with because whenever I'm on podcasts or commentaries or whatever, and it's a movie where there's extreme sexual violence, I feel like it's like my obligation to bring it up, which sucks. Like, just because I'm female, I have to be outraged by it. But the thing about Cat 3 movies is... If you can't handle sexual violence in movies, you should not watch any of them because they all have at least one scene. And this one really only has the one rape scene. It has another moment of some sexual violence. But the crazy thing about it in Untold Story is he's not doing it because he's a serial rapist or some kind of sex offender. He's doing it because he's angry and it's and he wants to hurt her and it's defiant it like it's an act of rage it's just another way to brutalize someone it doesn't really even have anything to do with sex yeah and you don't see that very often in movies like the way that he he treats her like throughout like he like grabs her fucking breast and just like twists the nipple as hard as he can and like it cuts away and like 
half a second after he starts doing it so you see her like begin to scrum but it's just like the edit those cuts are perfect it it hits you so much harder it's not like they're cutting away from it it's their they're just uh, it's so so painful i sometimes think that when you cut away at the perfect time it's actually more effective like your brain fills in like what's going Mm -hmm. on and And sometimes that's much worse Sure, i'm fucking twisting my leg hair right now thinking about it but the thing about this so I'm pretty jaded to rape scenes in movies and something that I know I was I was trying to articulate this to Charles and it, it's always something that's a little difficult for me to talk about because I don't want to be like oh it's no big deal who cares it's a rape scene in a movie but I think in category three movies and in most movies the rape scenes just don't feel real to me and something that I th- so I don't think they bother me or affect me as much but something that's crazy about this one which was something that stuck with me from the very first time I saw it is the way that rape scenes usually play out in movies is it either insinuates what's happening or it cuts away pretty quickly or it's like a softcore or a hardcore movie where the rape is kind of eroticized and that's the whole purpose for it but here Herman Yao does this crazy shit where the rape scene, or at least the, I shouldn't just call it the rape scene. It's a scene. The chopstick scene. Yeah. It's a scene where. You should fill in why it's called the chopstick scene. Uh, I'm I'm getting there. there. I'm getting there. I'm getting there. I see you fucking vibrating over here. (laughs) So, so Wong, once the police start to close in on him, he, they, they show up at the shop, they question him, he gives them, you know, quote unquote, pork buns to take home. And they also question his only female employee who is part cashier, part waitress. And she tells them something that's like mildly incriminating. Like it's not a huge deal, but he of course now has to, in his mind, take care of her. And so the scene where he winds up killing her, the chopsticks, the infamous chopstick scene, is this like long drawn out scene. And the first time I watched it, I was like immediately like, oh, this is going to be a rape scene. But it takes forever for the actual rape to happen. So yeah, I was he's like, just throwing, oh, well, he's throwing fucking yeah. glass at her at first. She's like, he's like shattering bowls. He's basically just physically abusing but mostly psychologically torturing her just because he's angry yeah they do the men behind the sun bit where he puts her hands under boiling water for a second like they just he and he uses he does fucked up shit to her like he uses her own underwear to gag her and tie her up and it winds up becoming a rape scene which is really brief compared to everything else he does to her but then it ends with a rape penetration with a handful of chopsticks which finally kills her and is brutal yeah the first time i saw this movie i was at my friend's apartment and they went to take a nap and i was just sitting there in their living room watching it and his roommate came in oh my right god as the as the chopstick scene happened jesus fucking god. yeah this is not <laughs> jesus christ don't this bring is, this over you, people's you, fucking houses I, I, I didn't know nuts. i didn't know i just, it was it was on amazon prime and i was like i've always meant to see this cat 3 and they just had to come in right as and like jesus i'm just sitting there in their living room be like oh yeah i'm just watching this uh genital mutilation hong kong film and you're on your big tv and, and, the, and then they immediately the cut, cut to is like brutal but also the 
the camera angles, it just, it's incredibly, and I'm sure me saying this is going to offend many people, but I've seen a lot of rape revenge movies and a lot of these sorts of movies, and most of the time, not a whole lot of care goes into those scenes. And in every scene in this movie, regardless of what he's doing with the tonal shift, whether it's sort of slapstick humor about how terrible and inept these cops are or this brutal sexual violence, just like the level of artistry is incredible. Yeah. We, lo- we love you, Herman Yao. We keep saying we love Anthony Wong, but his partnership with Herman Yao is one of the cornerstones of Category 3 movies. Well, well they make like the trifecta of Untold Story, the Ebola Syndrome, and Taxi Hunter. Which Taxi Hunter, I th- if I feel, is the lowest, but Untold it's Story still great. and yeah. Ebola Syndrome are like so, taxi, masterpieces. Because Taxi Hunter came out the same year as Untold Story, they like worked on them kind of back to back. I imagine like they had a big Untold Story was a huge fucking hit. Yeah, massive. It, it, it Which made is like fifteen million Hong incredible. Kong dollars in two weeks. Like it just cleaned up. And I was always kind of was kind of curious why. The release schedule for this was May 8th to June 2nd, and then it was out of theaters, and it made $15 million. It like, might just be the run. I mean, I don't I don't know if this is in my imagination, but movie run times here used to be shorter, too, didn't they? I feel like now they're, like, out for fucking two months. No, no, I, I, I think it's the opposite. I know, like, I know way back when, especially when we didn't release movies, not us, but he, distributors here in the country, um... They would do like we're gonna release this in New York City and L.A. Then we're gonna spread it out depending yeah. on word of yeah. mouth. But this was just a Hong Kong. I, my theory is is that there were just so many fucking movies out in Hong Kong at the time, like production studios were, yeah. were pumping them out. Yeah, it and was a golden age. It really was, and some of them are well, so the, great. Well, I would say also the '70s and '80s, but yeah, I think they knew the clock was ticking. Yeah, that's another thing that I'm so in love with these movies for uh is that their golden age is in the fucking 90s and for me personally like i know a lot of people love the fucking 90s the 90s is the 90s are trash in the united states yes yeah i I agree i mean john you always used to say growing up sorry i'm constantly throwing you under the fucking bus (laughs) but i mean i know i still kind of stand by this statement if you're if you're gonna say i'm gonna you always used to say uh, like they haven't made a good fucking horror movie since 1986 <laughs> or something like that. I still know? slightly stand by it. You know? Well, n- no, how can you? No, I mean, I mean it's a it's, category three. But movies. Category three is a small percentage of the movie. All right, all right. Output yeah, of the world. Stick up no, I'm I I've I've loosened up. He's not up. wrong. There's there's plenty of great movies from this time period thanks to the category three movies but yeah it's it's not like the night they're early on me like i'm i'm coming around to the full moon like (laughs) but even there so there are some great action movies in the 90s for sure and there are even great crime thrillers i mean herman yao and anthony wong made this movie called cop image that we watched recently that i love where (sighs) Anthony Wong, it's not a Category 3 movie. Anthony Wong plays a totally different character. He plays this, like, bumbling 
like oh. egotistical security guard who imagines himself as like yeah. Sherlock Holmes. Oh, it's so funny. And he helps people solve this crime, but it is just delightful. But he's like a total dipshit who like can't, he doesn't have a gun or he eventually gets one. He but... eventually gets one. <laughs> at, at the end, there's that scene where like, it's like they're chasing a bus and then the, the car slams on his brakes and he like, flies from the car through the bus window it's into magical. the bus. Yeah, it, I remember that. Truly it's been a while, magical. But... Yeah. The thing about Anthony Wong is, I mean, if you're listening to this and you haven't really seen any of his movies, I don't want to give you a lot of homework, but stop the episode. Stop what you're doing right now and watch every single movie he's ever been in. Except for the third Mummy movie. You don't need to watch that. Ah, he's he's it. in it, fuck and it. I watched it, it because of that. If you haven't seen the Tomb of the Dragon Emperor, our boy Anthony Wong shows up. <laughs> <laughs> Chances are you've seen him, because he's the villain in Hard Boiled. That's the first yeah. time I've ever seen him. Yeah, I, yeah So same. I haven't re-watched Hard Boiled since Anthony Wong's gone on my radar. And I've always watched it as a Chow Yun Fat movie, and now I'm so excited to rewatch it for like the millionth time. It's gonna be as awesome. As an Anthony Wong. Movie. I just rewatched it a few weeks ago, and yeah, and like it's a different like kind of villain from him. He's more of like a, a sexy gangster, which is who he is in yeah, the movie. Yeah, he's got a lot of range. Yeah, for a he's... second, I thought you were gonna say which is who he is in real life. <laughs> <laughs> he is a fucking sexy gangster. Remember when we went to the Hong Kongathon in New York City and we Absolutely. saw that movie Beast Cops? So that was the day that Anthony I love officially Beast Cops. went on my my radar, basically, because they played two movies. They played Beast Cops and Full Contact. And Full Contact. Yeah. And that was when I was like, okay, I feel like I've seen this guy before, and now I've seen him twice in the same day in such vastly different roles and with such vastly different hair yeah the guy (laughs) but beast cops is also so good it is i love beast cops it's like a little melodrama but it's so it's a it's a hangout movie it's a hangout. that was another one about how hong kong police are just useless (laughs) so that was another uh bump in his career because he did untold story and then after that, he did like a million sleazy category three movies. And it was sort of like what happened with like Nicolas Cage, where he just did tons of short, uh, straight to video and like he was, you know, disregarded. Then he did Beast Cops and like Untold Story. It was a critical hit. It was a commercial hit. And he was, you know, cool again. So it's kind of weird. And I, I think they're only like four or five years apart. Yeah. If yeah. that. Well, he's in so many fucking yeah. movies. He's yeah, in a lot especially of shit. in the '90s and 2000s. I mean, yeah. what did we watch recently? Exiled that he was great oh, yeah. in. Well, that's his his big comeback has kind of been with Johnny Toe, and Andrew Lau, not Andy Lau, um, directors that are doing like modern triad movies. He's in Infernal Affairs. Yeah, he's the the Martin Sheen character. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And and the Johnny Toe flicks also took a minute to grow on me but now that i have a taste for that guy's style they're just they're wild they're really fascinated films speaking of psychotic editing well the first time you get a script i i, I read this of course and i think it's a it's a very stupid story and uh, but but assign a contract i have to do it so when they go to the set, I talk to the director because the director is my best friend, uh, Herman, Herman Yao, and we talk about it. And I, I just t- think to myself, okay, uh, wow, well, let's 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 do it, just like a Halloween movie. 
。冇，我见你同佢讲好多嘢嘅喎，啊。冇啊，我冇啊，我真系冇噶，黄生冇啊。你手做咩啫？又唔污糟，成日咁话。One person that I feel really bad that we haven't brought up until now, who is another staple of Category Three, and cop movies and triad movies, who produced Untold Story and co-stars in it, is Danny Lee. Of course, who's fucking cool too. Yeah, he's Hong Kong's cop. Yeah, no, every every movie I see, almost every movie I've seen him in, he's the cop. He's like this fucking, and he's always just like walks around with the swagger, like nothing really, you know, gets to him. But he's got all the answers. And in this movie, one of the things that makes him so amazing. So I feel like there are plenty of American actors who repeatedly play cops because that's just what they fucking look like. Danny Lee is not like that at all. So get that. Type out of your head. He just doesn't give a fuck. And in Untold Story, the way that they sort of underscore that is every scene when he shows up to the police station or when he shows up to a crime scene, he brings a quote unquote date with him, which is this, you know, supposedly hot lady that all the other police officers drool over. And within half an hour, you find out that all of these women are prostitutes, and he just like rolls up to work with a hooker and is is like, yeah. yeah so, but there's also a great scene where three prostitutes show up at the police station, all waiting for him, and he's yeah, like, and it's he's right like, when they have the big break in the case, and they're yeah. starting to like get everything figured out, connect all the dots. <laughs> and he's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. We're really working now. Before we were just hanging out, but now we're yeah. working, so Before, they have to go home. When there was a, a, a bag full of severed, jiggly limbs on the beach, <laughs> we were just hanging out, and I could have my hot prostitute date chill with me here, but but we got a. Danny Lee is another one who I was introduced to through John Woo. He's uh, the cop and the killer. And he oh, teams yes, up with he is. Fett. Yeah. And he's great in that too. He co-directed Dr. Lamb, so that's Yeah, he's directed a, quite a few flicks. I I I know you've seen his Category 3 movie Twist or yes. uh, Category 3 or is that a 2B? I would imagine it's a Category 3. Okay. After, well, if, yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. okay. No spoilers. Let me uh, go in that one block. But I mean, it's Oh, he's back. It's fucking motorcycle man. He knows. He knows. When he we're knows recording. we're talking about category three movies, so he has to make a revving cameo in yeah, the background. Yeah, he's the guy from Bloody Friday. Oh, I forgot all about that yeah, one. Bloody Friday is this fucking. I'm not sure it's category three, but it's this one where there, there's a killer who uh, rides a motorcycle around and has like a katana yeah. and just like chops people's heads off. And he, but he's like a slasher. It's like a slasher villain, yeah. like a Jason type character. Yeah. Who's on a motorcycle with a sword? That's wild because there are a bunch of Italian movies yeah. where it's the Hong Kong. It's like a slasher, have, but with a guy on a motorcycle, and you don't know who he is because he's wearing a helmet. What have they done to your daughters? Is yeah, the, is the king of those. You could actually both. What have you done to Solange? And what have you done to their daughters? Could be turned into Cat Three movies. They basically are, and yeah, so I I, I know it. that. Some Western movies are considered Cat 3 because that's the rating that right. they were yes. given, which is why, like we were saying earlier, it makes it a little bit complicated to talk about this as a genre, but it clearly I is. I think specifically when we're talking about the Category 3 as a genre, we're kind of boxing that in from 
1988 with the release of Men Behind the Sun up until, say, like, 1998 with who knows. But that's kind of when it started dying or, or yeah. after Hong Kong was handed off to, to China. That yeah. is kind of was the death knell. Which is a big kind of... Uh, a thing that's brought up in a lot of these movies is the 1997 yeah. handover. Yeah, that's especially that's like the, the crime game. movies. Anytime you yeah. hear them mention 1997, you take a shot. Well, and there's one thing definitely to look out for is so many of these movies, and definitely Untold Story does this, has this kind of baked in anti-mainland China racism oh, where yeah. it implies that people from mainland China are these like country bumpkins and they're idiots and that's one of the things that took me a little while to catch on to an untold story is it's actually set in macau which is across from hong kong it's like five minutes away so there's all of this dialogue about how people from mainland china are idiots but you know there are these criminals coming from hong kong to because he's hiding out in macau basically start starting over and the Macau police want to keep him because they don't have the death penalty there, but in Hong Kong they do, like implying that it's way scarier. And <laughs> just hearing them talk about those sorts of tensions in these movies is really interesting because while they're not usually overtly political, so much of that subtext creeps in. Like, they can't help it. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's really wild getting a regional geopolitical education while watching these like disgusting sweaty rape murder revenge. rape movies. Yeah. I always <laughs> wondered cannibal meat buns. When I was a kid when I would watch like a John Woo movie why so many things were written in English in Hong Kong. Like I had yeah. no idea and then eventually like oh I, okay it's a, I know. mean I had that moment with Untold Story where I was like why is all this shit written in Portuguese not even yeah, yeah. occurring to me that Macau used to Portuguese, be a like colony. colony. Yeah, I wonder how that happened. I know Hong Kong, um, what China and and England had what was called like the Opium Wars, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then what afterwards, Eng- or England took Hong Kong as like the hostage. It was like a, se- a unfair settlement, yeah. for lack of a better description. Yeah. I mean, there's... Colonialism is... Yep. It was the empire where the sun never sets. Isn't that what England was known as? Yeah. Because they were everywhere. The sun never sets on the... On the English... On the British Empire. Yeah. Empire. I only know that from SLC Punk when he says that with his butt. Oh. Oh, Oh, the sun never sets on the British Empire. Well, the sun never sets on my asshole. Australia needs to get it together and secede or whatever they have to do. But that aside, this is definitely, I think... I don't know. I It's hard for me to say if this is a great introduction to category three or not, because I think it's, I, I think I agree with you that it's one of maybe the best made category three movie, but. Yeah, it's hard to say where to start with this genre because it's kind of hard to approach it, you know, because there there's no real answer to where's a good place to start, because I feel like whatever one you watch first I mean, everyone's different. I'm sure someone would fucking love this right off the bat. But whichever one you kind of start with, it's going to be hard to like because they're so different and there's very few things to compare them to that are English or, or, or anywhere else in the world, really. Yeah, I was 
I think a little bit reluctant to start watch to start like getting deeper into it because when I first saw Ebola syndrome and sought out untold story, I assumed some of the other ones like the raped by an angel series would be kind of, you know, just this like tasteless torture porn type stuff, which it's not. It's not. I, I definitely this- want to stress there's so much more going on and like great performances and great cinematography. And it's not just this dumb, like, you know, Eli Roth, lower grade shit. Right. It it has the tastelessness of that, but it's done much better. And also lots of comedy, like we've been saying and black comedy. That's really well done. This, this is description for the whole genre for a very like specific group of people. But like in the early '90s, you had Cannibal Corpse, who had songs like "Meat Hook Sodomy" and "I Come Blood" mm-hmm. and "Fucked with a Knife," et cetera, et cetera. And at one point, Jim Carrey was a big fan, and he actually got them to play in Ace Ventura: Pet Detective, which is amazing. Category three is it's as if after they did that, Cannibal Corpse and Jim Carrey teamed up to make movies in Hong Kong. <laughs> You know, that's really it, you know? Yeah, it has this, like, brutal fascination with showing you the goods, as they say, but there's just this fucking psycho humor that... Right. And it's so, it's disorienting, but in in the untold story, I think it's, the reason why it's so effective is because the story that it's telling, it's not a joke. Like, it's like... Like, Dr. Lamb has a little bit of fun with, like, crazy titty jiggling. Yeah, it has the best severed titty scene. Oh, my God. It's one of my favorite. I could watch it over and over again. I think that's why Dr. Lamb wins. You've watched Dr. Lamb, like, five times. Yeah. Shut up. I think I actually prefer that one to this one, but just, like, by a slight edge. Well, Untold Story doesn't really have that kind of fun when they're dealing with the like the criminal acts that Anthony or that, that Wong does in the movie. Yeah, we got to stop. <laughs> well, the thing is though, is his character in the film is, is named, named Wong. Wong. Yeah. His name's Anthony Wong. So you want to keep saying, Oh yeah. And then Anthony and Wong. Danny Lee's character is officer Lee. So I, it's, honestly, I noticed that in a shit. lot of movies, uh, especially with Anthony Wong, his character's named Wong and almost well, everyone. Uh, the big, the big guys kind of get that. Like, like I know Jackie Chan's played Jackie's quite a right. few times, or maybe that's in the English dubbing. Hard to say. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It, it's really impossible. I think when you see most of these movies for the first time in bootleg form, it's really hard to know, especially if you see them dubbed. Or even just like fan subtitles, I do think you miss certain things or it's hard to know like what's coming from the actual movie, what's coming from the American distributor who's dubbed this, what's coming. And that's why I think it's so important that more companies are releasing some of these on Blu-ray and they're putting the time and effort and money into translations. Not Not only just the subtitles, but like... The signs of buildings and things in newspapers. Yeah, it's it's, I, it's, I, it's really appreciated. And so many of these movies, the subtitles that we do have on these like awful fucking rips are just in really bad mistranslated English. So the worst part is is a lot of the subtitles are in that white. And they don't like mm. if somebody's wearing a white shirt and there's like a medium so shot on them, you can't read a thing and they don't care. Yeah, that's it. 
that's so frustrating when you're like watching a movie and you have to stop like you can't read the subtitles for a whole scene because they're wearing white and the movies are so washed out even dr lamb i like I that's wish... gonna get a blu-ray i can't I imagine fucking that hope one so i hope so because i'm just getting so annoyed watching this fucking awful rip it looks like a fucking Sega Genesis cutscene. It's All just like the 16-bit fucking... Yeah. But I kind of like that because it does give it that like buried treasure yeah. feeling. I mean, that's what it felt like when I found these type of movies. Like, yeah. Jesus how, Christ, how I stumbled... you? How did you stumble on them? Or like, I what? can't remember. It, it was one of those things where it just I, it happens naturally. But I remember like kind of knowing what they were but like not really i think just like coming across like a conversation here and there well you told me about ebola syndrome when we were teenagers yeah and that was one that i actually i downloaded that maybe when i was 18 and just never watched it because i was i was a little intimidated well, by it because you're a little bitch well maybe. i remember when the untold <laughs> well, maybe the untold story actually came out here in dvd in like 2005 I yeah. can't remember. And like, I remember because I heard something about it in like Fangoria or something. And I look at it and Anthony Wong is doing that like weird nerd face on it. And I thought it was like a goofy comedy. Like, oh like a, and I just like, I was well, like, oh, I'm not really into that. I was looking for something more. Yeah. He does this weird thing with his mouth where like the front of his lips are closed and the two sides of his lips are like open the whole yeah. time. And he like, it's but it's like, a face. It's a weird face that, like, at first you think is like he's like doing something silly, but when you see him like doing it while he's talking to people, you like it, it makes him look crazy. It, like, it, it makes gets him look fucking nuts. He definitely makes some faces where at first he seems nerdy, and then you're like, oh no, he's scary. Yeah, yeah, and he's very convincingly scary. And and even at times when he's wearing like some fucking cosby sweater like he's still a lot like, of dad sweaters a lot of fucking like goofy ass dad sweaters and then like like even during the, the that the chopstick scene he's wearing this fucking goofy dad outfit ah, he's so fucking scary though which is the opposite of simon yam who you know started off his career as a model and had this like 1992 breakout year where he's in all this crazy shit including dr lamb and so it's the the crazy thing, which doesn't apply to Untold Story, but I feel like we should talk about for a minute, is that so many of these movies, all the movies with Simon Yam, where he plays a villain, definitely the Raped by an Angel series, but Red to Kill even, which yeah. we haven't even brought that shit up yeah. yet. But yeah. so many of these movies that have these like psycho male villains who are rapists and serial killers, they're hot, which is not a thing. Or, they're, or like they're, you know, they're supposed I mean, to be like models. Like they're, they go to the gym and they look very like polished. Yeah. The most unbelievable thing of Dr. Lamb is that we're supposed to believe that Simon Yam has a problem with women. Like Simon Yam looks like a guy who could go to any club and pick up a pretty lady at any time. Which is a funny part in uh, Raped by an Angel where he doesn't play the villain in that one, but he, he plays this like triad boss who dates the main character or is trying to date the main character. And he has this great like little monologue where he talks about how he doesn't really know how to woo a woman because he's so used to women throwing themselves at him. <laughs> it's like, that's totally a real Simon Yam speech. Yeah. 
Yeah, and the fact they have such big name actors, like once you start getting into Hong Kong films, like even without going anywhere near Category 3, but when you start watching more like John Woo and John Woo Jason type like triad flicks and just like cool like kind of post Shaw Brothers Wuja films, these big name actors show up in Category 3 films no problem. Yeah. And that's the kind of thing that, I know we, we mentioned this before in, in previous episodes, that you don't really see that very often. That where, crossover? Where an actor is in one year, he's in fucking some nasty Category 3 shit, and the next year he's in some big budget, like, wuja kung fu epic. Yeah. Or like a romantic drama. Yeah, or yeah, or, or a kids a kids movie. Like Lucky Encounter. Oh my gosh. So we watched this <laughs> We have to do an fucking, episode on Lucky yeah, Encounter. Okay. Yeah. I uh, I I'll, I'll save that for another day. It is. It's Anthony Wong, all right. It's like category 3 for kids. Maybe that's a good, Okay, maybe that's the place where you need to start. Start with Lucky, <laughs> Lucky Encounter. Lucky Encounter. This like it's a children's movie that just has category three vibes all over it it's I, I feel like if you're somebody who stumbled across category three you're ready for category three yes. you know like you wouldn't have gotten there unless you've already this is true you've probably already seen boxers omen you know for sure or definitely some of the shaw brothers movies that i know we want to talk about at least a few black of them magic. in future episodes like oh, the yeah. black magic movies and the oily maniac lost and... souls is one that was like really it got the cat three later but it kind yeah. of informed what would be a cat three type of movie and it's a movie about mainlanders going to hong kong and then being caught by human traffickers and it's very brutal. Oh, and you very, told me about that before. Yeah, it's, it's a cool flick. It's Isn't like there 80, 81. Also things like uh, Intimate Confessions of a Chinese Courtesan uh, yeah, have yeah. that vibe. What's the one that you just said? Lost Souls. Lost Souls. I think that's directed by the guy who made Men Behind the Sun. I think it might be, That too. was like yeah. one of his earlier films. And it's right. like a very serious, because he was like... The most serious director working in mainland it, China. Yeah, and it has it's it's hard to watch. I mean, it's it never goes to the places category three does, but at the same time, it never gets that outlandishness either. Yeah. So it kind of keeps it. He was a straight it, shooter with those movies. Right. He wasn't really making them for the intention of like yeah, entertaining an audience. It's brutal, had. but it's good. I mean, somebody also to bring up is Lam Guy Kai who directed a uh, story of Ricky later on, but he was one of the first people who to work with Shaw brothers who wanted to make something that felt like a modern day triad film and from the gutter. And then he moved on to do some of the very first category three movies like her vengeance. And I already mentioned erotic ghost story, but I think he's an example sort of a counter example to what you guys were just talking about where he's somebody who made these like deadly serious movies sometimes, but also loved doing over the top fantasy type stuff. And like story of Ricky is definitely yeah. over the top, but erotic ghost story is the same way. It's, it's almost like somebody hired this guy to do this, you know, erotic movie where it's just Amy Yip and her giant tits for most of the movie and this like soft focus camera 
And then all of a sudden in the last 20 minutes, it becomes this over the top monster movie. And it's like, oh, this is what you really (laughs) wanted to do with the movie. For sure. That's I mean, that truly is what makes the genre. That tone shift. Yeah, totally. You and it makes you not feel safe even when you're laughing at a joke. Like when they're having fun something bad's gonna happen next like you're like it's hard to like laugh with them and then when the next brutal scene happens it's like it's hard to get so utterly shocked because just a minute ago you know you were fucking laughing at like someone tripping on a severed penis or or even when so we watched the first raped by an angel last night for the very first time yo you're obsessed with fucking i am i'm sorry you can't stop fucking talking about it it's still fresh you know that's what when and it's, it's also one of those movies that I've known about the series since I was in my early 20s. And for a while, I sort of looked but couldn't find them. And then I just, like I said earlier, assumed they would be, you know, these like torture porn movies that would be boring. But there's just, it's like anytime someone makes a joke, you're like filled with, dr- you're laughing, but you're filled with dread because you know some. it's immediately yeah. going to cut to something horrible happening. I know. And it's like, and the worst thing to see in one of these movies is like a pregnant lady. Oh. Or, you know. <laughs> or or like, people who are newly, f- who have newly fallen in love. Totally. Oh, yeah. Like yeah. Any time yeah. Or newly married. Yeah. Oh, yeah. When you meet someone like in Taxi Hunter. Oh, my when God. When Anthony Wong, like. It's just like has this beautiful relationship with this pregnant he wife, loves and the her first so like twenty much. minutes, just them being in love and being so excited about the baby, and like being a little worried, and and then this like awful fucking taxi driver. Don't spoil it. <sighs> I mean, yo, fuck taxi drivers. Well, you know that's what's funny is there's a lot of movies that hate taxi drivers. Cops and taxi drivers are the main nah, target. Yeah, they are persona non grata in fucking Hong and Kong. And I, I looked it up to see if some kind of event happened in the 90s or in the late 80s in Hong Kong with with taxi I can't find anything. I mean, if you think about people who live in super crowded cities, like this is also standard in New York, where it's just everybody knows that taxi you need taxi drivers on some level, but they're all fucking assholes and they drive like crazy people and they don't care about anything. Because, well, the thing is, Untold Story and Ebola Syndrome are both based off true things. So I'm thinking Taxi Hunter has to be there. There had to be one dude. Who Wait just a minute. Ebola syndrome is based on a true story. Yeah. Jonathan. Yeah. I mean, Jonathan, I'm I'm I When's mean, the like, last time you saw Ebola syndrome. There's no way ago. that can be. No, based on it, a true I mean, story. it was not. It w- I remember. John, no, I can't. don't I even remember. look at your fucking notes. Dude, you I remember. It might be like clearly shit. the movie changed things around. But yeah, I re- if, know like there was some weird like viral thing that happened oh ebola exists yeah for sure oh the movie didn't make up no i know but some viral thing happened because all right i'm gonna look this up i i try i'll never do this again i don't like it when people look at cell phones right Okay, I rescind myself saying that Ebola syndrome is based off a true story. I yeah. could have sworn I heard somebody screwed somebody somewhere and brought a, a virus into Hong Kong. Can I say, yeah, that's that's not yeah. Ebola. <laughs> All right. 
I got a question for you guys. Okay. It might be a little tough, so take your time. Don't uh, don't jump to any conclusions here. Uh, do you have a top three Cat 3 movies, if you had to fucking boil it down? I, I couldn't boil it down to three. Red to Kill. Red to Kill's top three. Red to Kill is definitely also in my top three. It's one of the most reprehensible movies ever. Yeah, I don't know if I think people should watch Red to Kill, though. It's I mean, if you like untold story red to kill is is final boss it's on yeah, yeah. it's if on a you, different you, you level you watch untold story you watch dr lamb and then when you're like okay i like cat three movies then you watch red to kill you still might want to watch a few more before you watch <laughs> red to kill I, I don't know i mean what about black sun you guys seen black sun the oh that's men behind the sun four four yeah that's got some vile fucking shit on there that challenges red to kill i think people need to watch raped by an angel the first one was definitely really good i can I mean, see I, that you're in love with this. i movie. am this is my it's <laughs> one of my new favorite movies uh love to kill is anthony wong like not letting his ex-wife get away and he gets more and more psychotic as the movie goes on just as you expect from anthony wong Come on, give me a top three, Johnny. What are your top three? Uh, Because I know once I do the top three, I'm going to be like, after we're done recording, I'm going to be like, oh, wait, I forgot. Filled with regret. Yeah. All right. I don't want to be on the record just yet. Okay. I think my top three and my, you know, best of lists are always flexible and ever changing. But at this moment, Dr. Lamb, Red to Kill, and Raped by an Angel. But Untold Story is your favorite movie of all time, so it exists outside of this list, I assume. Yeah, it's outside of the list. Because uh, also, <laughs> it's like, I, I don't want to name a movie we're already talking about in the top three, right, you know? Right, right. Obviously, it's the top, or else we would have chosen one of those yeah. movies for this episode, which I still think we should do more Cat 3. I'm going to have a tantrum if we don't do more Cat um, 3 episodes well, in the future. We, well, Cat 3 movies do different genres, so we can do one that's from a different genre as well you know oh, yeah. like this Honestly, is a horror there's also crime. that that great one whose title i can never remember is it girl on fire that you showed oh, us yeah. oh yeah i think it was, was rock on fire rock on fire the yeah. alternate title was um oh there's naked killer remember that with simon yam that one's a great one i still have to see naked that, killer that's a good one i'm trying not to do what i always do and just like load my watching schedule with these so that I still have things to look forward to. No, that's what I do with a lot of things. Yeah, that's my plan with Anthony Wong is I want to watch every movie he's ever been in. There's... um, Baby Bomb. Do you remember the X-Fest where they played Fatal Termination? Were you guys there? Yes, Fatal Termination. Uh, Where they did the very uh, dangerous stunt with the very small child. I left. I left. I I, I didn't didn't see the the fucking... Yeah, you got to watch Fatal Termination. Although I don't think it's as great as some other ones it just has this totally psycho stunt right yeah that stunt i watched on youtube after i left the theater because i left because everyone was laughing at the bad translations on the subtitles and it was the last movie of the day and i was like i don't want to laugh at this i would like to watch this and i was just kind of like feeling like a little baby and i'm like fuck this i'm leaving yeah i think i was tired i think i wanted to go betty buys and that was my excuse but i watched i since watched the scene in question yeah it's, and holy wow shit. yeah that kid could have died yeah they're they're that kid probably did die there's this guy 
hanging on to this little kid's hair and he's dangling her out of the window of a car that is like flying down the street. And it feels like it's it goes on for a whole hour. It's, it's a she, long and she's scene. Just, and they keep cutting to the shot of her screaming hand on hair like from the top down and you see her feet like and her legs are up and if she puts her fucking legs down she's hitting the road and it's this child oh my god yeah. they fucking did it different in hong kong yeah. brutal things happen to children in these movies yeah they hate kids in yeah these we movies. never talked about the end of untold story and yeah we did i yeah, said he saves them and by he i mean herman yao saves the full massacre till the end so just when you think you've seen every horrible thing you've seen suicide attempts and pissing and chopstick assault more and pissing more pissing and pissing. and lots of like group vomiting gang think, violence in a prison yeah cannibalism you think what oh yeah i sort of sort of forgot about oh, the cannibalism wow. <laughs> it's actually the the cannibalism is quite taint or taint taints jesus christ (laughs) (laughs) the 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 cannibalism is quite quite quaint i can't say quite quaint it's quite quaint the cannibalism is actually quite quaint compared to everything else in this movie it's quite quaint quite quaint quite (laughs) it's but then you get to the end and just when you think okay i can take a breath the movie's over then anthony wong just goes into beast mode yeah sicko mode yeah he gets that fucking shark look in his eye and he just dices up a whole oh wait a minute speaking of crazy category three movies is pituitary hunter category three oh yes it is i forgot all about that's one of the most fucked up movies that you showed us (laughs) so like i said earlier in the episode john would come over every couple months with seven movies to to show and one of the times it was like the movie we watched around midnight. Like it was like I deep always, into the set. I always kind had... of put these movies at midnight and it's they're better that way. And you're already kind yeah. of delirious. I remember when the title card came up and it was Pituitary Hunter. I was so excited. I got hyped. Like what uh, the fuck are yeah, we about if you to can, watch? If you can find Pituitary Hunter, brace yourself for not being able to understand a lot of the subtitles, but I bet even if they were pristinely translated subtitles, there's yeah. just some shit that defies logical <laughs> human understanding that happens in a lot of these films uh, and definitely in that yeah. one. These movies exist on a different plane of reality that like, it took a while for my brain to hum to the proper frequency to really appreciate them. And I'm so glad it does now. And now you've been assimilated into the Borg, I basically. Haven't. And so have you. Like, I know sometimes when we're hanging oh, yeah. out and I can see that you're kind of getting like a little anxious or bored. I'm like, Sam, let's watch a Cat 3 movie. Let's hang out with Anthony Wong. And then everything's better. I, you perk up so quick when you think <laughs> that we're going to watch some fucking nasty Cat 3 movie. And it's just, it warms my heart that that this is a strange, fucked up genre that... I just I want to show it to the world. Like I want the world. But the world doesn't want to see no, it. No, <laughs> no, no, you can't. It's, it's the world's not ready for it. But I think we're kind of getting there. I mean, there are definitely certain movies, and I think we were saying this on the Gates of Hell episode. There are certain movies where they just feel so insane that when you meet other people who love them, it feels like you're automatically part of the secret club. Yeah. And I think category three movies 
definitely feel that way at least certain ones there should be a thing where like you can spray paint the cat three symbol like everywhere and if somebody comes to it you know like you've made a friend like yeah you know what that is you got your fucking circle a right and then that triangle with a roman numeral three (laughs) in it it looks like a magic eight ball just gave you your fortune (laughs) and your fortune is it looks dangerous though it does it looks like something forbidden it's, it's alluring like yeah. to see this three in a triangle and you're like, okay, this is going to be a rough one. All know? right. If our podcast makes it a year, we're all getting category three category tattoos. Category three tattoos. <laughs> oh, uh, that'd be fucking cool. I'd get a cat three tattoo. That's, that sounds sick. We're just going to have to chloroform John. Yeah, we'll, 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 we'll get some. It's called uh, it's called Anthony Wong juice right there. <laughs> we'll get it our happens fucking, in a lot of these movies. We'll get our fucking Dr. Lamb tissue out. We'll just jiggle a, yeah, you know what? I'm not gonna. <laughs> it should be awkward. I'm not gonna make that joke. <laughs> it just be very awkward that like after all these years, I finally get a tattoo, and somebody's like, "Oh, you know, you finally got a tattoo. Like, what is it?" And I'd be like, "Yeah, after all these years, I got a tattoo for uh this uh genre of rape movies." <laughs> but they're not. <laughs> <laughs> this is the awkward conversation starter. You could just say that you really like the Roman numeral three. <laughs> just tell people that it's like some white power symbol. Or oh, something. yeah. Or tell them it's your lucky number. Yeah. All right. I guess before we sign off, I have one major shout out. And just it's more of a thank you than a shout out to the guys over the folks over at unearthed films unearthed classics oh yeah who put out this just absolutely gorgeous blu-ray for the untold story and you know i know it seems like every other week while we're fawning over a different blu-ray company and just like singing their praises but like this fucking blu-ray is bulletproof i mean i encourage every single person listening to buy a copy or to buy two buy copies. buy it from Diabolic DVD. Yeah, go also. to Diabolic DVD and buy two copies of this movie. One for yourself and one for someone but, who you love. Yeah, you'll meet somebody much. who needs this in their yes. life. Right? And you won't want to You might not know them yours. now, but Also eventually. probably not a first date movie, although this is definitely the sort of thing I would have done when I was younger. Like, if you can't run this gauntlet, you can't date me. Oh my me. God, that right. sounds like something that both of you guys yeah. would do. <laughs> Well, I feel like John has yeah. put me through the ringer. <laughs> I'm the date. <laughs> but on a more serious note, I do think, and I know I said this earlier, but I think in the case of movies like Untold Story, they're really important films that deserve to be preserved and available for audiences. And I think one of the things that sort of frustrates me is whenever I talk about more obscure movies, a lot of the time people will write me and say, where can I find this? Because some people just don't know how to find bootlegs or don't know how torrents work. And so when you can actually tell people, oh, here's a legitimate way to buy this and a company you can support and a nice looking version of the movie with actually legible subtitles, it makes the movie just so much more accessible to a whole new generation of fans, basically. Yeah, and 
seek this one out. Seek this movie out. I, I beg you, I implore you, you have to watch this movie. If only to watch it again. And Unearthed, if you're listening, if you could do a Raped by an Angel box set, that would really be great. Yeah, Raped by an Angel, do fucking Dr. Lamb. You want to see Red to Kill. Run to Kill coming. as well. Run to Kill is a good oh, one. Oh, yes. We like Run to Kill. What's the one with Eric Sang and they're like on a tourist? Fatal Vacation. Yes, yes. Oh, these movies are great. Yeah. There's, I mean, they're just so fucking cool. That, that's a whole other thing that we didn't really get to is the action movie ones. Yeah, oh, there's yeah. There's so many types of oh. Maybe, Maybe our next. And the Black Magic ones. Yeah. Did I ever like, tell you about Devil Hunters? No. It's the... It's a Moon Lee action movie. Uh, they're called like uh, Babes with Guns or Girls with Guns. Yeah. Oh yeah, like Godfrey Ho pumped out a bunch of them shit. So this one, you know, it's it's an action flick. It's an God action bless flick. Godfrey Ho. At the end, uh, Moon Lee and a bunch of other uh, people are jumping out of a building as it explodes, and as it explodes, it freezes on this text that's like, yeah. Uh, all three of these actresses were severely harmed in this explosion. Like the explosion was not timed well enough. They are in the hospital right now, you know, thoughts and prayers. This is, you know, the, some of the challenges you face when making movies and the movie just ends. Hashtag hashtag thoughts and prayers. I remember watching that and it was like, holy shit. Like what a fucking ending. All right. Well, the next time we do a cat three episode, we'll have to address the extreme action movies. And also at some point, the black magic movies, like the eternal evil of Asia. Fucking black magic. Of course, black magic Two, Chinese torture chamber story. I haven't seen that one. Uh, and there's there's a whole fucking bunch yeah, of them. And there's, there's like a million of these movies. high ones that I really want to see. And they like yeah. it's it's really an exciting if you've made it this far in the episode. Yeah. It's such an exciting world to get into. And I think I and I, I feel like it's this way for you too, for both of you too. You definitely reach a point when you're obsessed with obscure movies where you sort of feel like you've seen everything, but there are always more things to discover and definitely Hong Kong movies. Whether, even if you don't want to watch any of the movies with extreme sexual violence, there's still so much crazy shit out there. Yeah, for sure. I I actually had this mild existential crisis a couple years ago because... I felt like I was at the end of my rope when it comes to finding new movies and finding new genres. Not that I had seen everything, but just that, like, I knew everything that was mostly out there and, like, what all the weird subgenres were. Like, and there were some, I had some blind spots, of course, but, like, there was, it felt like there was, like, nothing really left to knock my socks off. And, and discovering Category 3 was just a fucking, an, ice fucking cold bath and that just shocked my system and it's like wow it's giving me this new lease on life this new fucking purpose this new crazy area we sound like we've joined a cult yeah i'm okay with that instead of getting tattoos we're just gonna get branded yeah (laughs) (laughs) i'm gonna get the mr cool ice but it's me mr cat three man (laughs) you know mr cool ice yes everyone knows that guy i'm gonna get the there's this also totally insane tattoo i think i sent it to you guys it's mount rushmore but with all of the heads of the members of judas priest on this guy it's a full back piece that this guy has i'm gonna get mount cat three more and it's just gonna be anthony wong's face and simon yam and danny lee (laughs) oh what a great fucking 
deranged yeah. corner of the universe. Honestly, this is one of the first times we recorded an episode where the whole time I was looking at the clock to see, like, okay, when can we fucking stop recording and watch one another one of these movies? <laughs> like, I'm, I'm itching right now. That's a sign of true love. True something, for and sure. And the fact is, I've watched a shit ton of these movies, and I know there's a lot more left, yeah. you know? That's the, the best feeling. <laughs> Sam, what's going on over in a Patreon world? Well, I'm doing these monthly videos about uh, Andrzej Zhuavsky's films, which have, you know, nothing to do with Category 3 movies, but they are fucking insane. And at the moment, I am focused on... At the moment that we record, at least, I am focused on doing some Mako Kaji content, the, you know, queen of Japanese exploitation cinema. Love her. And I'm sure we'll do an episode on her at some point because she's the greatest. Yeah, there's there's so many to choose from, too. Like, where which one would you even do? My, there's so many good ones. Yeah. I Blind mean, Woman's Curse. That's, my, pers- oh, that's yeah. my personal favorite. Like, it's definitely the least super erotic or like hyper violent crazy of them but it is such a gorgeous movie and it's such like an insane story I and it's taro ishii isn't it who yeah. deserves all oh, the love God, yeah 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 cool all his like shogun torture movies they're like proto category three even though they're japanese but like yeah you can definitely feel the influence oh also i think i mentioned it but i didn't say the specific release um definitely check out the 88 films blu-ray of erotic ghost story i did a commentary i talk all about category three movies and lamb guy kai who is awesome and if you had to watch a cat three movie with your mom and dad which uh, one would you watch whatever i want they don't care (laughs) (laughs) my mom was a volunteer emt used to pick up after car accidents you know she can watch whatever yeah, I when we were rewatching this, I was thinking about some of the great practical effects and the way the severed limbs look and I think I noticed that stuff more cuz I used to work in a morgue and as an autopsy assistant and growing up watching horror movies, my grandfather my grandparents would watch a lot of horror movies with me, which I think I talked about on the first episode, but because my grandfather was a doctor and was like a medic in the Korean War, he saw all the shit. And so anytime something showed up in a movie, he would be like, oh, that doesn't look real. And when something would look real, he would be impressed. And so I kind of wish, and I know this is a totally psychotic thought, I kind of wish I could show untold story to my grandfather. You guys are fucking freaks. We gotta wrap this shit up. Let's end this. We gotta end this on that note. This is disgusting. Isn't Men Behind the Sun the one that has the autopsy on a little kid that's real? Come on. Yeah, there's a real corpse Sign off here. I think we said enough nasty fucking shit for one episode. All right, folks. I gotta wrangle up the cats over here. (laughs) All right. Bye. God bless. Thank you for listening. Yeah, what should we watch? What was that one you're talking about where the fucking world blows up and like the actors all die in the movie?
Devil Hunters. We gotta watch our Halloween specials though. But Devil Hunters, you'll, you'll find it. It's on something. I watched Devil Hunters. <laughs>